What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our latest episode of the Empire State Conserve Network podcast. I'm Pete. This is Evan. And today we have a special guest we're going to get to in just a second. But first off, if you're new to the show, welcome. This podcast is for Empire State Conservatives who are sick and tired of being neglected by our local and state politicians. And you're also tired of being ostracized by friends, family, co-workers, and pretty much anyone you come across who's either ignorant or a liberal. Usually those two coincide. So today we have a special guest in Gabriel Montalvo. He reached out to us a week or two back. And he is a, a member of the, Rep, Re, the Republican Hispanic National Assembly. I hope I got the acronym right. And uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to learn a little bit about him first. He's a fellow New Yorker like ourselves. And we're going to ask him how we got into politics and everything. And then we're going to get into some fun federal and state issues. So, Gabriel, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. Uh, Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so, so first off, we want to ask you, how did you get into politics? Obviously, as a member of the RHNA, and you said that there's a couple other things going on. We tried recording before, and long story short, recording failed. It's all so, Peter's fault. Yeah. So, um, so why don't you tell us, let's go over that again. So tell us a little bit how you got into politics and uh, the organizations you're involved with. All right. So I started off with politics, um, I would say... I really got into it in, uh, in high school, uh, looking at it from a more um, philosophical uh, value, but from about, you know, I'd say like K through 12, it's always like leftist indoctrination. You know, you had the whole, you know, Republicans are bad, liberals are good, Democrats. And, and we live in New York, in New York and New York City, especially, you know how that, how that can be. So I sent a message out to, um, to, I guess, the guy who introduced me to the Queens County GOP, really, uh, Michael Canigliaro. Uh, and... He was running for a state representative, or he had run at the time, and then he says, you know, I think this will be a good fit. Come down to our uh, GOP office here in Queens. I did that. Uh, there were a couple of uh, factors that happened. Uh, basically, we had left, you know, the team I was part of, we had left, and then, um, you know, I was kind of floating on my own for a little bit. I joined a, um, a civic association in, uh, called in uh, Jackson Heights, the North Queens uh, Home Association and Civic Association, and then Franklin Gonzalez actually reached out to me. Uh, he is the New York State chairman, and he said, you know, we're looking for leaders, especially in New York City. You seem to fit the bill. You know, could you come join the um, the RNHA? And I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the R R H N A or RNHA? RNHA. Okay, whatever it is. It's, a, <laughs> it's so many words. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Obviously, you can probably discern from how I said it before who, who it's for, but why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how people can get involved? All right, so the Republican National Hispanic Assembly was basically founded in the 1960s um, by a group of uh, 13 uh, Hispanic conservatives who really wanted to say, you know, we don't all just go to the liberal path, you know, we, um, it, I, like I said before, I don't want to call it like a safe space, but now in this political climate, sometimes uh, you, you have to use that terminology. If not, you know, people like attack you for your ideas. Uh, so it's a place for Hispanics to really uh, come together and say, look, we want to be represented uh, fairly in, um, 
and show, you know, people on the other side of the aisle, like, listen, we're not all, you know, following the herd mentality that, that uh, you have such a tight grasp on us for. And you can get involved by going on to the um, RNA, pardon, RNHA website and uh, becoming a member. It's the $50 annually. And you'll be put in contact with some local leaders, depending on where you are, or you could become a leader yourself, your county, your city, or even state. It depends on how far you want to take it yourself. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and definitely, uh, again, if you feel out of the herd, I mean, I know we do as well often because we live on Long Island. And for the, for the most part, that's also very, very liberal. So if you guys are, are, want to get involved, please go to their website and figure that out. So I know you want to also dive into some fun issues. We, you know, when we were offline, we were talking about our favorite Congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So yes. before we get into uh, you know, some other state issues, and we'll get into some federal issues, obviously, since, since you're a Latin American, you can definitely give us an awesome insight into um, immigration and stuff. Why don't you give us first your thoughts on the Green New Deal, her rise in general, and, and your thoughts on that? Uh, well, as soon as I saw her ads on YouTube, um, she said, you know, people like me aren't supposed to win or to run. And I said, wow, she has a certain fire to her that I think she's going to win, especially uh, with the guy that she beat. She, I knew she was going to win. And, you know, it, no, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. I, you know, she had great hustle. She knew how to market herself. And she really spoke to, um, I guess, she spoke to, to people who she really, um, who that really resonated with her. Uh, but I think she is very, very lost personally because Come, especially coming from a fellow Hispanic, to, under, to not understand fully, it seems, that she doesn't know what socialism really means or what it has done to people. So it's very, um, I think it personally is giving Hispanics a bad name. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are your thoughts on her Green New Deal, especially um, since, since a lot of the details came out at the end of last week? I, I think that she's reaching and just trying to make her claim to fame somehow, and it's just, it's not working. It's, it's really not working. She's come, it's more humiliating than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, like you said, she's out of touch with what it means to be a Latin American or Hispanic, because if you have people in your community who come from places like Venezuela or Cuba, and then you're basically pushing the same social and economic mm -hmm. systems that are in these countries that are forcing people to suffer and flee these countries and come here. Mm -hmm. Why on earth would you support someone like this? And yes. it really, it comes off as very short sighted. Like all she really wanted to do was get elected and she doesn't really back the Hispanic community. Right. Uh, there was a, uh, the funny, there was a funny photo that I saw. It said democratic socialists are just communists who are too afraid to uh, start a revolution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't be more accurate. So I want to get your perspective too. So being Latin American, obviously, want to get your take on illegal immigration and, and the border wall situation in general. So it sounds like there might be a resolution, maybe. I guess we'll find out the next couple of days yeah. when the due date comes. But what are your thoughts on the whole border wall thing? Is it something you feel we need? I personally do. Uh, really, I really do think... Um, and people say, well, you know, they can dig under, they can go over. They, yeah, but the majority of people aren't going to, you know, if you're desperate enough, you, the human, you know, body can do amazing things. Uh, and human will can do amazing things. But uh, so that besides the point, many people are just going to be trying to cross. And there are many places where there is just nothing. There's nothing to protect our, our border. And I ask people, especially in the Hispanic community, they tell me, oh, well, you know, you're just anti, you know, Hispanic, you're anti-Latina, anti-immigration. I said, no, I love immigration. It's what built this nation, but it was through 
legal immigration that where everyone is you know fair and they wait their turn but you have places where you you know you have the democrats voting a couple of years ago saying that we need a border wall under the obama administration they wanted the border wall mm -hmm. and now because they don't like this our, our commander-in-chief our president they're just stonewalling him something that they promised they wouldn't do uh, because they blame the Republicans for all of Obama's failures uh, the last uh, presidency. They promised that they wouldn't do this to Trump. But, you know, they lie and it's nothing new. Yeah, absolutely. So I had two questions uh, about what, what you just said. So first up, you mentioned that a lot of people have given you pushback in, in the, the Latin community in your area that know how you align yourself politically. What's that been like? Is it overwhelmingly that way? Is it like 50-50? Like, how, how would you say that goes for you when people find out your political motivations? Um, it doesn't go necessarily well because uh, during the 2016 presidential election, I had said, you know, I like, uh, I like Trump. And, they, and one girl I remember, uh, clearly she said, but you're Hispanic, you're supposed to be a Democrat. And I said, no, no, I'm not. Uh, same, it, so it's really like a shock in the beginning. It's like, wow, the, the, people actually support this guy and it kind of makes them think or it's you're not a real hispanic you're not a you know you don't really uh, you know you're part of this white man's game uh, apparently i'm systemically oppressed i don't see it anywhere <laughs> 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 apparently you guys run my world I... yeah yeah apparently so so you'd say overwhelmingly when new people in the community find out um where you are politically they, they tend to give you crap like that Yes, yes. But there are times you have a couple of people, especially on like Facebook, they'll comment like, and Hispanics too, they'll comment like something like, you know, uh, these people don't know what they're talking about. Little signs of little support, not overwhelming, like, yay, blah, blah, blah. but it's a little, little um, comments that they make that they say, okay, you know, that's who I can try and get a part of our organization to try and say, look, we don't want people like Cortez in office. We don't mm -hmm. want, you know, um, people with like Cuomo pushing these, these abortion laws. Right, which we're going to get into in just a second. But the second question I wanted to ask kind of on that front with um, the support you get or don't get in the community is how, do, uh, how does the Latin American community, at least the ones that you've come across where you live or maybe even ones that you've been involved with politically, how do they feel about um, illegal immigration, the border wall in general? Do, do they also, regardless of their political affiliation, feel that it's something we need or are they more open border about it? really depends on their socioeconomic level and you know their age like my grandparents my grandfather came here legally and he said no i came here legally everyone else can you know people can do it it's just a matter of waiting um if you're and especially sometimes you don't, you don't want to ask like oh are you legal or are you not here legally you don't want to really want to ask that but you can tell based on the responses of how scared someone can be in, in, um, in answering that question or even that question coming up and a lot of the times I find that it's, um, you know, keep illegal immigration and then that's the end of the conversation because, you know, they, they feel like I'm trying to pry too much into their lives or they think that I'll report them for something, but no. Hmm. And it seems like a lot of that stuff does come from a place, not of ignorance, but more of naivete, where if you say that you're against illegal immigration, they automatically play everything, automatically go to the race card. That's the first thing they do. And for someone yes, like you, yes. who is Latin American, for in in the latin american community must be like oh look at this traitor you know he hates us but yeah. it's not what it is it's about being an american and understanding what immigration means to this country and what illegal immigration means to this country and the difference and the impact that each one has yeah um, i actually 
before I was a very radical uh, far leftist uh, growing up until about my senior year um, in high school, you know, I was like communism. And I, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have this, uh, this teacher, my journalism teacher in high school, I probably would have been behind Ocasio-Cortez. God, thank God he, I had him. Uh, he basically introduced me to Ayn Rand, John Stossel, a free thinking essentially. And, you know, uh, it was a great, and I was like, wow, this feels great. I'm, I'm under, I hear a different viewpoint that I actually can connect with. I, you know, I like to keep my money. I don't think rich people are evil. Why do I think that? And I actually did my history about the Republican Party. I saw the Democratic Party. Well, I looked at both. And I saw that the Democrats have always been a party of opposing minorities, you know, just keeping minorities on the, on the lower end of the stick. And the Republican Party is like, listen, doesn't matter what race you are, you can do it. You're in the United States. And I joined the New York Army National Guard. I enlisted in the, in the military to, to show appreciation. Awesome. And, and thanks for your service. Are you still involved with the uh, National Guard? or? Yes, I, I got a year and a half in and I have about four and a half left. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I, I think I, I, I saw somewhere that you had been involved. Actually, you said John Stossel. Were you involved in a Stossel in the classroom segment? And if so, which yes, one was, was that? Uh, it was. I'm trying to think. It was. Uh, it was during his school choice week uh, segment, and uh, basically they they featured me, and I kind of mentioned the same thing. You know, defending uh, the United States, protect, uh, defend, and serve. Uh, the name. <laughs> feel bad but uh, the name kind of uh, slips me right now but it was uh well three weeks ago that it was point, uh, posted oh awesome congrats on that so um, obviously as a new yorker just like we are just like pretty much everyone watching this is we're pretty appalled by some of the legislation that's been passed over the last few weeks so right. since you, you mentioned it before let's get into the reproductive health act obviously your, your personal thoughts on it and then you know i guess we can always parlay it since obviously you're more in touch with uh, the Latin American community than we are, um, how do a lot of people there feel about it? But first off, let's hear your thoughts on the bill. I think it's disgusting, honestly. Um, I put up a, a post and uh, a part of it said, you know, we were once known as, you know, the Empire State. Now we'll just you know, be known as the, uh, the infanticide capital. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very scary thought when you have people who will, like, if we were to find you know, uh, like bacteria on Mars, for example, or some sort of like microorganism on Mars, we'll consider that life. Mm -hmm. But a, but a being, a, a child in a womb, moving around and can feel pain and is, and is somewhat conscious and has a heartbeat, that's not considered anything. Or, or, you know, but in law, if you were to, you know, kill a, a pregnant mother, that's considered a double homicide. Or, but it doesn't, it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense. And it's, I can't help, I can't help but under, try to understand like, where you're coming from because i know not everyone is you know say you know we want to you know we want to terminate our, our children but when you think about it you look at photos of what a nine month year old you know child being terminated is it's, it's disgusting and morbid yeah absolutely and i don't know if you heard about this i mentioned it on, on my solo show yesterday there was a woman who was murdered recently uh actually two, less than two weeks after yeah. the bill jennifer yes. you're going she was five months pregnant and her boyfriend, who I'm not sure if he was the father, but presumably he was the father, he right. stabbed her, killed her and the baby. And like you said before, in most states, and here too, that would have been considered double homicide as recently right. as a few weeks ago. But now it's not. Now, she, now he's only going to be charged with one count of, of murder, which is, which I agree, that's absolutely disgraceful. 
Um, is there anything you want to add or no, but exactly. That's what it does. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of it is that they're look that the left, especially Cuomo and this ridiculous, you know, agenda that he's been pushing. And I've said it before that he's running in 2024. I guarantee it. He's running for president because that's the only reason why you push this extreme liberal agenda mm-hmm. is because you want to go beyond governor. And he's doing it to show that he can get done whatever he wants done and he can bully people and he can do whatever he wants so that every liberal in America will vote for him. And really what it does is it kind of destroys the moral fabric of America where, and I've said this, that listen, before the baby's viable outside the womb, we, womb, we can have that discussion. You want to have that discussion? I'm fine with that. I'll talk about it. Once the baby can be taken out and now you don't have to do, do anything with it, it's no, it, that's no, that doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Then you live like an eight and a half month old baby. You can just deliver it, put it up for adoption and be gone. It yes. doesn't have to be killed. And, and that's what they do. It's masqueraded as someone's right to kill a baby. But when it's viable outside the womb, it is, it is a person. It is. And right. it's, it's really, they're trying to destroy the moral. They're really, they are, they're trying to destroy the moral fabric of this country. And they've already done it with destroying, trying to destroy African-American and Hispanic families through the welfare system. And it's, they, they don't know when to stop and no one's going to stop them unless we stand up and, you know, let our voices be heard. Yes. Uh, Franklin Gonzalez is actually calling for Cuomo to be excommunicated from the Catholic church. Uh, currently because and a lot, this resonates with a lot of Hispanics. A lot of Hispanics don't believe in abortion at all. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is also kind of like a, like a wake up call, you know, like, Hey, these guys are pretty content with the idea of killing a child. Uh, what are the other guys talking about? What do they think? You know, mm-hmm. so that's a, it's a really it's a really a touchy uh, touchy subject in the Hispanic community, and and the majority of Hispanics are, are Catholic as well. So it's very very hitting very close to home. Good, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's not good that it's happening, but in a way, it could it could be a, a blessing in disguise because if this like you know obviously it passed. Hopefully it wakes them up to the fact that they're not really on their side, that they are kind of using them as political pawns. So the next thing I want to ask you about um, legislation is the DREAM Act. So, you know, incentivizing, uh, you know, illegal immigrants. And I talked about another piece of legislation that they're proposing yesterday. Um, You know, and obviously it's a little shadier when it comes to workers' compensation. But if an employer were to hire an illegal immigrant, then it would make it illegal um, for the employer to report that. Oh, did you hear what I was saying? Or did it freeze for you? Yeah, it got cut off for like a, like three seconds. Uh, just repeat it. We'll okay. That out. All right. Yeah. So, so, so long story short, I, I was talking about uh, the dream act. So I want to get your take on it. And then also the take from, um, the, the Latin American community. I know you kind of answered that before, perhaps in terms of the illegal immigration border wall issue, but, um, what are your thoughts on that and kind of incentivizing illegal immigrants to come here to the state? I think it's extremely unfair. Uh, you have people in, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to judge, but sometimes you have people across, around the world. And this doesn't go for anyone, in the, particularly uh, Hispanics. This goes for any illegal immigrant. Uh, it's not right. And, you know, people say, oh, you're just targeting a Hispanic community. I got into a debate with that before. And they, I said, I'm against illegal immigration. So they said, you're against Hispanics. I said, I never made it about race. I said, illegal immigration. You made it about the Hispanic community. So that shows where your mind is at. But it's not fair when you have people in sometimes worse conditions and you are still taking the time, taking the, the, going through the process 
and uh, to be coming and assimilate into uh, into our great country. It's a privilege, not a right to come here. Mm -hmm. And that's and, a, oh, go ahead. Exactly. And people like Ocasio-Cortez claim that it is a right for anyone to come to this country. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the way that the world works. And it's not, and like you said, it's not about Hispanic versus anything else. And if you want, if anyone who watched the State of the Union realized that Trump is not against immigration from Mexico. He's actually very for immigration from Mexico, but he wants legal immigration. But all the people who are against him go, oh, I can't watch the State of the Union. I can't stand him. And then they speak out of, out of school because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they didn't even listen right. to what he said. He even said specifically during the State of the Union that he welcomes illegal immigrants and he wants more yes. than ever before. Legal. Legal. I said legal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did not say illegal. Listen, yeah, all right, like, <laughs> we're going to have a real serious conversation. No, no, no. <laughs> I could have I could have had a slip. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, when he says stuff like that, outwardly, I think it's, it's ridiculous when they demonize him for it. And it's just because he's just trying to enforce our laws, which I said this on the show yesterday as well. Since Bill Clinton, they've all, every president since then, him, W, Obama, and Trump, in a speech about illegal immigration, they all said the same line. They all said the same line. Uh, I forget what that line is. But they all we have to increase security yes. on our southern border. Yes. Oh, no, that yeah. wasn't the line. There well, was someone else. Oh, it's something similar. Clinton also it. said, make America great again. Uh, yeah, Ronald yeah. Reagan said that, I believe. Yeah, Reagan. Yeah. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. And to people who, who are so for illegal immigration, I say this, I tell them, and it's a, it's a question that's been asked many times and people still don't know how to answer it. I said, okay, leave your door unlocked, leave it wide open, go to work, come back, and see what happens. See if you still have your, all of your amenities. See if you have your TV. So, and if someone's living there and they start telling you what to do, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. They said, oh, well, I don't know. And I said, well, you probably wouldn't feel too happy about it. I, unless you're a very selfless person, but everyone has a degree of selfishness to them. Um, and especially when it comes to the, to the border wall, I modify that question. I asked them, I said, okay, so just lock up all your windows, you know, batten down the hatches, whatever you do, just leave the door a crack open. Just crack it open and then, you know, go out and see. And I said, well, I wouldn't like that very much. And I said, well, that's essentially the same thing that's happened. Mm -hmm. And it's also under, undermining the American worker. Uh, companies will go and they'll pay lower wages for, for people who will just take less work. And it, it just kind of screws up the entire system. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And as someone who owns a couple of businesses, I, I will definitely go, you know, especially if they're evenly qualified or even in a lot of cases, they're willing to work harder than an American yeah. worker. Because yes. with these minimum wage laws here in the States, $15 minimum wage in, in yes. most states, I believe that was just passed here. I mean, restaurants are going to go under too, especially when mm -hmm. I, I don't even think that they're now subject because I know they used to be. So uh, yeah, of course you're going to go. If you can save on costs, you're going to go with the lowest common ones. So it, yes. you're right. You're 100% right about that. Yeah, but people who are for illegal immigration are not from it for a, are not for it from a practical perspective. They they believe that they're morally superior because yeah. they're like, well, I'm going to help the downtrodden Mexican people and just let them into the country. Who cares if we're paying their welfare and their schooling and their hospital bills? It doesn't matter because we owe it to them to save them. 
that's not the case. That's not the way the, the way that the real world works in any reality. And it's, and like I've said a lot of times that people who I know who are intelligent, who are liberals, it all comes is from this God complex that they should be the ones saving the world. And anyone who doesn't believe that you have an obligation to every other person on the planet is a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you had Europeans coming over uh, and trying to uh, civilize the, the Native Americans. It's kind of like the same thing, but they're trying to do it. But now liberals are trying to do it with more smiles than anything else instead of guns and swords. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the guns and swords worked pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it it, it, it established the country. It didn't work so out so well for the Native Americans, but yeah, (laughs) wasn't great. Um, So, so one more piece of uh, you know state legislation too that I wanted to talk to you about. So, so you're a member of the National Guard. So I'm sure I'm sure you feel this way about you know the Safe Act too. Essentially, the gun laws that were passed recently with limitations on ammunition. Obviously, now all schools are gun-free zones. and then what was the last part of it? There was the gun-free zones. There was the ammunition. Oh, oh and uh, no more bump stocks. So, so what, what, what's your take on the on the new gun legislation that passed like a day after the Reproductive Health Act? That was a rough week. I'll say this: the bump stock will not help you kill more people. <laughs> and this yeah, is someone who's been trained to use. Uh, you have too. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. So you know the um, the ammunition, sure, but. We see that where there is no, where there is so, okay, the higher the gun restriction, the worse crimes that you'll see, the worse, the least that you'll be able to defend yourself. When, let's say that, that woman, sadly, you know, God rest her soul, that she was stabbed to death by her boyfriend. Let's say when he took out that knife, she pulled out her gun and she was able to defend herself. Mm-hmm. That could have ended the entire thing right there. Right. And the, the, the point is having legal having legal guns on the streets not illegal guns that's where you find the majority of these of these horrible shootings happening because people have access to legal weapons and you know law-abiding citizens don't mm-hmm. yeah so the and what people don't seem to understand is these these assault rifles these these huge uh, weapons of mass destruction that they like to label them as aren't the cause the main causes of gun violence it's handguns mm-hmm. so Sure, you can try and limit the ammunition, but still, why would you try and limit a person's uh, right to safety, to right. their own personal safety? Mm-hmm. I mean, more people are killed every year by, ha- by hands and feet than are killed by rifles. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous. And every single gun control law is just a restriction on law-abiding citizens because criminals do not care about gun laws. They are not going in right. to Dick's Sporting Goods or going to your local FFL and filling out paperwork for a handgun or for a rifle or filing paperwork with the police to get a permit. They're going to the corner and they're going to go buy the gun in the back alley. They're going to yeah. use it. And if they need to dump it, they'll dump it in the river. It's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane. And gun laws have never made anyone safer. Gun-free school zones do not make anyone yeah. safer. 99% of, of mass shootings happen in gun-free zones because it's a soft target. Yeah. And it's absolutely insane that these people label things the safe act like it's going to help anyone. But guess what? It does nothing but damage our rights and take away our rights. And exactly. it really pushes us closer to what they really want, which is to take away everyone's guns so that they can rule everything and there's no backlash. Yeah, it's, it's very fascist when you look at it. That's why it, um, it annoys me when people say, well, Hitler was a far right, you know, he's not far right because to be far right, you're technically an anarchist. Right. Or, or a libertarian, depending on. <laughs> they're, they're, very, they're very close. <laughs> Yeah, just a joke. Um, 
some people are going to be mad. But anyways, so, uh, yeah, they'll get over it. Yeah. Can't please anyone. So, but you're looking, and he called himself a national socialist. You can substitute a democratic social, national socialist or just socialist in general, and you'll find that it, they have the same morals. Uh, people want to always refer to you know the right as you know Trump and is close to Hitler and all that. And you look at it, and I said. Hitler got some of most of his uh, ideas in eugenicism from the American eugenics movement, mm-hmm. which I Margaret Sanger was a huge uh, proponent of. And she spoke at a Democratic KKK rally. So it's like people who don't know their history don't seem to really be, uh, can't really make valid arguments against this. Uh, but again, when it comes to, to guns, like as we said before, it's, about the ability to defend yourself and when you take away that we've seen that in london or you know for example if they take away the guns they'll be killing them with knives they take away the knives they'll be killing people with forks so mm-hmm. what can you really do that does not work you take away the forks and then everyone starves to death no more crime boom yeah there we go <laughs> no they'll find they'll, they'll find a way all right so, so one last thing we want to ask you about um which is something you mentioned was was ms13 so i want to get your take, obviously, there have been a few stabbings and, and whatnot. Beheadings, on the, yeah. bodies well, being yeah. chopped up. I'm talking about <laughs> more, more recently. Uh, but want to get your take and then obviously the take uh, from, from the Latin American community about that because uh, Trump mentions them quite a bit because they are a problem. And we see it more so in this state than maybe some others. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on MS-13 and then the kind of feedback you get. So I... So MS-13 is really just, a, we all know them for the violent organization that they are. And, you know, it's always like, well, they were in Long Island and, and it's been known that they're in Long Island. And, you know, to have it just openly have a shooting in Queens of a rival local, much smaller gang, I would say, just in broad data, just putting six bullets into his head. You know, it even goes back to what we were saying before, no matter how many, how much you regulate the ammunition, someone's still going to get shot. Uh, that sort of just attack in broad daylight really sent a, a shiver down my spine because I was like, because I'm thinking this happened in Jackson Heights. This is where a huge Hispanic population is. This is where, you know, new immigrants, illegal or, or legal, coming in uh, to the country. They're, sta- they're sitting, you know, living here. They have, um, they're living in houses, like four, like four families in one house or in one room sometimes. It's, it's sad. And you're, you're trying to escape the, the terrors that you had at home just to see it come even closer here, you know, right on, on a mass transit. So it's a very scary thing. And it's even worse because you know, you know, MS-13 is not coming here through visas. So <laughs> they are, and then they are leeching off the system too. So we are literally paying these complete pieces of garbage to come yes. to this country, live here and kill our own people. And it's yes. the most disgusting thing that anyone stands behind that. kill their own people, too. It's not, you know, not... Yeah, just, yeah it's, it's a double whammy, for sure. It's a double whammy, for sure. It is. So, And so. then you have Alexandro Ocasio-Cortez talking about abolishing ICE when they're really the mm-hmm. only ones who are standing up to this gang. It's, it's so yeah. short-sighted. It's so short It's disgusting. She, I really, I can't stand her. You know how much I yeah, can't stand her. Well, and we're going to avoid it from the other day. It wasn't a temper tantrum. Like, you got animated. up and you made high-pitched noises. I got up and I walked away. Okay. okay? I, did not make high-pitched <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot make high-pitched noises. My voice is too low for that. <laughs> anyway, but, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's 100% right. I remember the quote from before. It's that, uh, I forgot it again. All right. Uh, is it about people being morally right? 
No, no, I got it. I got it. It was that we are a nation of immigrants, but we are a nation of laws. Clinton said that. W said that. Obama said that. And Trump has said that. I don't know why that just came back to me and I almost forgot it again. All right. Was there anything else, uh, Gabriel, that you want to touch on or that you want to end on before we signed off? Uh, yes, uh, you had mentioned about how the Hispanic community took to that, or how the community itself took to that. And when I first started uh, sharing this, uh, people said, "Oh, well, you know, we gotta, we gotta try and catch this man or whatever." And eventually, he did. Um, he was caught. And then, what happened that you found? What I found was I saw the State of the Union, and I said, "Wow, Trump had had mentioned this, you know, in our community." So, you know, just you know, Queens is. Sure, it's a, it's a large county, but it's nothing really major happens here. But the president's taking notice, and he wants to have safer communities. And I said, I posted on on that group, Facebook group, and I said, you know, our voices are being heard. The president just, you know, spoke about it, and people said this is more, you know, you're xenophobic. They compared me to a Hitler's propagandist. <laughs> so it was, and they said, well. Actually, the MS-13 has always been here. So to claim that they just come in here, I said, whether they're here or not, get them out of here. This man had four felonies. Mm -hmm. This man had four felonies. And why is it that this, if he's been convicted uh, of crimes nine times, four of them being felonies, why is he still walking around? Yeah. Why? Didn't you say when you were uh, a police officer, you caught someone that had eight, that had been deported eight times? Yeah, he wasn't an MS-13, but he was right. We arrested him for drunk driving. He'd been deported several times, and he had five felony DWIs on his record. It's, still it's like, how yeah. is this person here? Like, how do they keep coming back? Clearly, this guy has no regard for our laws at all. It's, it's, it's baffling. It really is. It's crazy. And the people stand up and defend him. Yeah. I don't get it. They, they're, they're trying to prove the president wrong. It's the, you know, at, no matter what the cost, they're just trying to vilify the president. And it's a really sad thing. Uh, when speaking to Ocasio-Cortez's campaign manager in, it was in October, uh, she said, well, you know, we need to do away with ICE. And I said, but they're keeping us safe. And then when, they, when people attack me that I'm against illegal immigrants, I said, well, I'm sorry that I don't want, you know, little girls to be sold into, you know, sex, uh, as sex slaves or being, you know, it's a disgusting thing. So these, you know, I get heroes, you know, these heroes are, are there on the front lines, you know, the Department of Homeland Security saying, hey, we're rescuing these little girls from a lifetime of, of just horror. So, and with the amount of other things that hurt, sorry, there's a, sorry about the, uh, there's a lot of police activity out there. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to the to, to Cortez, she also says her campaign manager spoke for her and said, "Well, we need to go, uh, to do away with uh, we need to lower the Department of Defense uh, funding." And I said, "Wait a minute, <laughs> why?" She said, "Well, we need to get rid of you know so many bombs and so many weapons that we're not using." And I said, "That's not true." Uh, I'd rather us have a stockpile of bombs that we have upkeep on and that we're not using as a way to deter enemies because they're like, well, we can blow them up. Instead of saying, hey, we need some ground forces there. We need to go in there and clear out you know, this, this stronghold. And when instead we can just drop a bomb, no casualties on our side, the bad guys are safely eradicated. If anything, so, defense spending is what we want the federal government to be spending money on. The only large expenditure <laughs> that should still yeah. be there, yeah. And she said, and I told her, I said, ma'am, you know, I'm part of the military. I, I don't agree with what you're saying. She, and, her, and I went down a list of reasons about why. Uh, and she said, 
her response was, well, my father was in the military. And I said, no. well, thank you very much for his service, but that doesn't have much to do with right now. Mm-hmm. So every, everything that she says, and I, and I truly mean, I truly feel that she means well, but she does, doesn't understand the unintended, the unintended consequences of her actions. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, and, and just that response, too, I think that's what, Ocasio-Cortez is guilty of. I think that's what a lot of Democrats, whether they're, you know, the presidential candidates moving, moving further and further to the left or even ones that have been in office in the last, you know, 20, 30 years, they play on emotion. There's yes. seldom any fact to back up their policy positions. Their, their whole intention is to make people feel like victims and like, oh, the government's going to take care of this, whether it's education, it's healthcare, whatever. Government's going to take care of this, so you don't have to worry about it. But they don't think about where the funding is going to come to take care of any of that, and they're not going to worry about the consequences of their actions. I mean, just look at Lyndon B. Johnson signing uh, the Civil Rights Act or the Welfare the, um, Acts that he did in the 1960s. Think about FDR and the New Deal, a lot of the issues that that has caused um, over the course of a few generations since then. So it's, it's really an issue that you know, we're seeing across the board and, and she's just as guilty of it as anybody. Right, right. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, Johnson and FDR. Uh, people say that, you know, well, back the, the Republicans, or, I'm sorry, the Democrats of old were, uh, were the part of the KKK. It's really started with uh, FDR. He really helped the minority community. And I said, well, giving them more checks because you undermine the farms that they were working on because of your New Deal in the first place just makes them more dependent on you. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lyndon B. Johnson saying stuff like, oh, you know, we're going to have these, insert N-word here, voting for the next 200, voting Democrat for the next 200 years, or that we got to give them a little something, you know, mm-hmm. because they're getting too uppity, stuff like that. And people say, well, you know, it, it, people, he was, while he might have been racist, he still did stuff for the, for the country. I said, but yet you'll attack Lincoln, who literally freed slaves and who made equal rights. So mm-hmm. it, it really is just a whirlwind of, of nonsense. That, you know, you're just trying to pick puzzle pieces and try and put them together, but they don't mm-hmm. fit. You're, people are defending a narrative that has never been beneficial for this country. Yeah. And, and you mentioned before, too, when we were off air, you asked us how we had gotten into this. We didn't really get into that. We don't have to get into it on the show. We can talk about it offline. But one of the things that I noticed and that really stru- struck me when I started to convert over to conservatism was the fact that a lot of the stuff we learned in history class, how the Democratic and the Republican Party switch, which is complete and utter bull crap. Doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make why, any sense. Why, why would, would you just switch names and, and policies and everything, but keep the same names? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because the Republicans would, who were awesome and winning would switch to the democrats who were losing everything like right. yeah. that's stupid that's like the patriots decide to change their name to the jets like why would you do that yeah it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just go see a history of winning with history of losing it's, it's, it's just, and i'm a jets fan so i can yeah, say it of course <laughs> but, but 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 the point i was trying to make is that through academia that was one of the most eye-opening experiences between that mm-hmm. learning actual fact about history and then also in college, I had to take a class on politics, political science, and long story short, I had to write a paper on immigration. And I thought going into it, I'd be pro-illegals and, and pro all that. And the more I looked into it, both from a law perspective and just a societal impact perspective, both for you know our citizens and for them, I thought, well, actually, this is a terrible system. So I wrote it, and the guy gave me a C-, minus, which is the worst grade I've ever gotten on a paper, not to toot my own horn. And it was only because he disagreed. And despite meeting with him, he refused to change the grade because he disagreed, even though the directions clearly stated you can take any position you want as long as you support yeah. it with fact, which I right. did. 
So um, it was stuff like that that started to open my eyes. And, and, and you're right to say that, you know, academia really does create this liberal bubble for so many people and they just don't know any better heading into the real world. Yeah, and I told you I got to see on a midterm because I didn't agree with the fact that illegal immigrants paying sales tax was the same as me paying income it's tax. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not even close. I also pay sales tax. Everyone pays. Yeah, it's not like they're paying sales tax and I'm not. Exactly. Paying sales tax. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like one third, like one third of your income, two dollars on your groceries. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a, it's a really crazy thing. But if we think about it, FDR also did was kind of smart, and this is why Hitler liked him so much. He made sure that the schools were under state control, mm-hmm. big government control, and then he made sure that teachers got big government money. So. Teachers would naturally say, hey, well, I'm getting these nice fat checks from the government. I like them. Mm-hmm. And then say, and then, you know, your teacher just having a bad day one day just starts ranting about how much he loves big government FDR. And then it just cycles, trickles down. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like what Hitler did with uh, his, uh, his youth. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we really want to, if we want to compare, you know, people to this horrible man, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Indoctrination. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that you're on a school choice episode promoting school choice, I'm assuming, for, for Stossel in the classroom. So, yes. um, so I, I think that that kind of lines up perfectly because I, I believe in that, too. And yes. like, I, and like we, we've been talking about today, the fact that they are so uh, there is so much indoctrination and uh, nobody is allowed to really go outside the scope of it unless you pay exorbitant amounts of money, which most people don't have. And right. I think Larry Sharp, um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with who he was, a libertarian candidate for governor, he had a, he had a proposal that you know, we spent about $20,000 a year per student in New York State. What if we gave every student a voucher, or the family a voucher, and let them decide, do I go to public school or do I go to a private school? And, you know, and of course, tuition will be 20 grand because the schools want to take in as much money as possible. And then you let the parents, and sometimes, depending on how old the kid is, let the kid decide where they want to go, as opposed to making them all go through the same program, which was just way outdated. It's for industrial yes. workers in like World War I. It's not, it doesn't right. work today. It really doesn't. Uh, Franklin Gonzalez, the, the one who brought me into, he's also the national uh, press secretary for the RNHA. He actually explained to me that it was that our school system was funded off of the Prussian government's uh, system, uh, educational system, and it was basically made to, you know, run you through a course and say, okay, you can, you're not eligible to work at a factory, do you know minimal uh, tasks, and just stay indoctrinated, not think for yourself. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting to see how we're still with that outdated system, as you say. Uh, sure, we now have like let's say honors programs, but you know, the human mind, especially when you're that young, is so it can absorb so much information so quickly and compute it so quickly, uh, and they're eager to learn. So, if I, for example, not to toot my own horn, but you know, by the by kindergarten, I was already familiar with my multiplication tables because my grandma she would like every summer, just every day, hit the books. You know, no summer, I had my own personal summer school. Uh, and I would ask my teacher, I said, so when are we going to go into multiplication? She said, oh, that's like fourth grade, third grade level stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting there with, with, at that time, useless information and just sitting there saying, when am I going to use this? Why should I try and learn if it's going to be taught to me anyways? Why should I try and learn for myself? Right. So it really stifles uh, kids and they want to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, anything you wanted to end on? So so you mentioned MS13. We got a little off topic with uh, education and stuff, but uh, yeah, anything you want to end on before we signed off? Uh, basically, to any uh, any, uh, and this goes out specifically to any uh, 
well, anyone, anyone who is feeling that they don't have a voice in the conservative movement, know that there are people there who are willing to help you out. Know that you don't have to feel afraid of this, uh, of these Antifa thugs or this uh, new left-wing Gestapo that's being organized by these uh, horrible establishment figures. Know that, that you're, you're on the right side of history. You always have been. And, you know, come on down. We could, we could, this is just starting. This is just getting started. Awesome. So again, guys, look up their website uh, and you just look it up online and you'll be able to find the Republican uh, National Hispanic Assembly or is it the other way around? I'm so dyslexic today. It's know. bad. It's real bad. <laughs> Republican National Hispanic I got it right. There you go. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. So Gabriel, thanks so much for coming on. Guys, Evan and I will be back at you on Friday with another guest. So stay tuned for who that's going to be. But for that, I'm Pete. This is Evan. This is Gabriel signing off. Have a good rest of the day, everyone. Talk to you soon. Hey everyone, it's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.